0: Welcome to topic 10, um, the final topic um, in this subject. And in this subject, we look at um, evaluation and reporting. And in terms of, of I guess, understanding that these, these two words, in evaluation, we're looking at the way that we reflect on an operation, uh, particularly on the intelligence side of an operation, but also wider as well, depending on what the directive is, and reporting. Um, how do we get information out to various people? The final product, the intelligence report, out, um, and what are some key things to remember when drafting a report? So there's two very different aspects um, of, of, of components with operational intelligence, um, but I think we can deal with them both together. We'll probably look at them individually as we go through um, this presentation. Um, I think. Reporting uh, the reporting section, as I say, is relatively short. It'll cover a few key points to writing a report, but there are uh, a lot more uh, detail in the text about writing different types of reports. Um, and we may even think about having a session um, looking at report writing. I know some of the assessment tasks may be orientated towards that that way. So. Um, don't despair this won't be the only thing you'll hear about on on reports we'll make some make some effort to do some more as well so for the moment let's have a look at evaluation and reporting um, in in, in a bit of an overview Um, as always we've got our key themes um, and there are four four themes that i hope that we'll touch on in this um, short presentation the first one is understanding that evaluation And planning are very interconnected. Um, They're activities that um, feed from one another uh, and support one another. Um, So we'll have a look at that, particularly the notion that evaluation really feeds into future planning Um, and um, hopefully we'll get an appreciation of that. Also I want us to to highlight the idea that um, intelligence organisations are learning entities. in a very broad sense, and in, 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 in a strange way, they're like research centres. They're places where um, learning um, is ongoing and new developments, new um, technologies, new ways of, of doing things are always uh, opened, or should be at least. So, we'll, we'll hopefully get a, an appreciation that um, intelligence organisations are uh, lifelong learners, if you will. The other one, uh, the third theme that I'd like us to cover is the difficulty in actually trying to measure an effectiveness of an operation and that different ways of measuring the the effectiveness of an operation can actually lead to different conclusions. Um, In the um, Interact 2 site, in the summary there, we talk about um, the ways that you can measure the success. I think I will use the example of a um, drug operation um, and how there's different ways to measure the impact and the success of an operation and so we'll talk a little bit more about that um, as we go through and finally dissemination of information is really in effect um, a key component um, of of any effective um, intelligence product Um, and it's often overlooked and so we'll have a look at some of the um, the, the importance uh, of, of, of choosing the right dissemination and some of the existing practices that uh, are being used um, uh, currently from time to time. So they're the, they're the four main themes that we'll, um, we'll cover and um, we'll also, I'll show you a bit later on, the um, Uh, some study questions that we can use and also a few further readings as well and obviously on top of those further readings you'll find relevant um, sections in the textbook as well um, which should complement your understanding so let's have a look here at the first one Um, the idea that um, evaluation planning are interconnected activities now What I've done here, I've drawn a bit of a a diagram and um, the idea of this diagram, in the center we have evaluation, we have planning, um, we've got the arrows that are showing that they're interconnected. Um, And on the left-hand side, we talk about summative evaluation. Now, summative evaluation um, is basically what we do um, when we're evaluating um, operations. And so in this case, we're collecting information Um, about the outcomes of an operation, the processes, we're looking at the strategies that were used um, and some of the activities that were done to the tactics that were done um, that have led to them. So we're having a a, a detailed look and evaluation of that operation. Now learning from that, and I think that's another underlining theme, is that we're always learning. We're always learning from our our mistakes and we're always learning from our successes. from reviewing uh, an operation, evaluating an operation rather, um, we can then, it then better informs the planning. If we know what we've done right in previous operations or what we're doing right within an operation as we evaluate it, um, we can model and make changes if necessary or keep things as they are, um, depending on um, what what the evaluation is saying. Um, And that informs our operational design as well. Now, if you remember, operational design um, is a way of of thinking and a way of organizing our thoughts um, to create a more detailed plan. And so operational design um, obviously informs planning and planning is obviously informed by um, evaluation as well. Um, And so it's a very circular thing with a lot of inputs. uh, I think that um, I think that sort of makes the point but uh, as I say you know it's the evaluation which provides us with that extra information to ensure future planning making that point all right so that's evaluation and planning and hopefully you're getting a, um, a bit of a sense there um, about how they're um, how they're interacted and interconnected now the next um, the next bit here is looking at how intelligence organizations are are learning entities. The thing about intelligence organizations is currency, it's information that is is its currency. Information is what it deals in and and so information and the acquisition of information is, is central to the core business of intelligence agencies, and I'm probably telling you stuff you already know, but it's important to know that the, the culture of learning and the culture around information already exists by the sheer nature of what intelligence uh, work is about. Um, but part of that, while we have the foundation of appreciation of, of information, um, we also need though to develop um, that sort of learning culture within it as well and I'm talking about here about the third point. I'll come back to the second in a minute. Um, learning culture, providing a, an atmosphere within an organization, an agency, where ongoing learning, uh, both formal and informal, is appreciated and and, and supported. Um, it's, it's very um, unlikely many professions today um, would expect someone to have finished their, their qualifications and not uh, entertain the idea of any, doing any further um, study, whether it be um, uh, on the job or whether it be through higher university degrees and so forth, like yourself. Um, so, you know, developing a learning culture in an agency um, is really important, um, particularly in intelligence, to encourage people to to think more about what it is that they're doing and, and have a thirst for learning more techniques, uh, more approaches and so forth, because the world is always changing. Um, We all know technology is always changing and those sort of things really shape um, the types of intelligence work um, that we we encounter. So um, really pushing that point, but a learning culture is very important. And I think the fact that you're listening to this now um, shows that you probably appreciate um, in your own lives, the importance of having a good learning culture. So going up to the second one now, jumping around a bit, but uh, reflective practice. What does that mean? Reflective practice is really about reflecting on the actions that you have done. Um, so on completion of an operation, obviously there may be a request for a formal evaluation sort of a process, but even from a personal point of view, um, reflecting to yourself about what you thought you had done well during that operation what you thought you may have needed to do um, better um, and, 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 um, and, and and think clearly about uh, ways that you can improve your practice. Um, and I know it probably sounds like a given, but not many people actively reflect on what they do from a day to day. Um, as, as, as a teacher, um, I'm encouraged to reflect on the lessons that I give. On the interact sites that I put together and given the feedback I get from you I hope to make better changes but also the feedback for myself as I see things um, I'll think next time i would do them better so even in your own practices we all have to be very reflective about what it is that we're doing and so um, yeah reflective practice very important and finally I've taken this here actually from the ASIO um, annual report I think it was 26 2015, 2016, and one of their key values is this, is to improve through innovation and learning. And I think that's a really important value, Um, and it sort of summarises the whole notion that intelligence organisations are learning entities. So we want to be more innovative about how we approach our intelligence practice, and we also want to improve through learning new techniques and new ideas and new approaches. So uh, I put that there because I think that's an important value that um, an intelligence organization should have. Um, So um, yeah, and I think that sort of really encompasses that whole sense of a learning culture. And also um, I think introduces the prospect of reflective practice as well. So that's a few words there, I guess, on intelligence organisations as learning entities. And as I said, the key points of those are that we deal in information and we've got to challenge ourselves to be reflective about our practices. We need to develop that sense of learning culture, um, all of which uh, will create an environment that's innovative and that is learning centred. And that's where we sort of want to be. The next, um, point I wanted to um, to canvas and get across is the idea that different measures of effectiveness can also lead to different um, different conclusions. So we know that a critical component um, of intelligence evaluation is the use of critical lat- lat- lateral thinking techniques so you can explore uh, the, the causation and effectiveness um, in operational experiences. What's all that about? Well that's essentially um, appreciating that in order to be reflective, in order to um, understand uh, and evaluate um, uh, the effectiveness of an operation, you need to have uh, a degree of critical thought about it um, and think broadly about it. So it's really asking you to think deeply, um, think deeply about the the effectiveness of the operation and the experience that you've had. And so really uh, that point there is really just encouraging you to to give it a deep, deep thought. The next point here, we're talking about effectiveness measures um, and that they can be difficult to use um, because there are often many ways to define and judge effectiveness. Um, The example here reads, you know, for example, operational effectiveness could mean how well an operation was conducted, uh, whether or not the operation achieved its objectives, uh, the extent to which the outcome of the operation contributed to the strategic level outcome. So there's quite a lot here. So we might just unpack this a little bit for the moment. So the first idea is that um, there's, there's vast ways of, of measuring success um, uh, And so one way of you know we may think to ourselves is well the operation went smoothly. okay It may not have um, achieved, all of its objectives, um, it may not have achieved um, the overall outcomes linking to the strategic um, levels, but it went smoothly. Uh, for some that might be seen as a, as a form of, of, in part of their evaluation, as a form of success, but others, um, others may see that as, as not being uh, completely successful and without I guess clear indicators of meeting those objectives Um, then the operation may have well been a failure. And in which case, that's where you would ask for your evaluation. um, Why was it uh, a failure? Um, And so I think in many ways, though, increasingly within, particularly within the public sector, um, there's become more concrete ways of measuring um, uh, effectiveness. Uh, uh, KPIs, key performance indicators, for example, uh, set of descriptors that, that individuals and organisations and agencies and departments are aimed at, at, at meeting. Um, so in some ways I think um, there is a way to, uh, to clarify whether something was successful or not um, if it does meet an objective. But the objectives also have to be reasonably clear um, and, um, and identifiable. Um, the example we used on um, on the interact side about the um, the drug um, enforcement operation you know um, in one respect it could be seen as being successful if there was a high degree of arrest as a result of the operation um, yet another form of success might be in the ability to um, seize narcotics um, and again so it, it and, and therefore reducing the amount on the street so there's all these sort of different approaches and different ways that they're um, measuring Um, the various sort of outcomes. But I think, and and this is my my opinion, um, that that given that that most operations have have clear objectives or at least should have clear objectives and that at a strategic level as well there's often clear outcomes and objectives as well, we should be able to measure those effectively. So the evaluation of an operation should really be based on those objectives. and proving those objectives have been met. So yes, um, different measurements can give you different conclusions. Um, but I think overall, uh, for, the, for the sake of being pragmatic, um, we look at objectives and we look at the way that the objectives can um, can inform our evaluation process. I hope that makes some sense. Um, yeah, we'll, we can keep talking about it. All right. Um, the next bit is how do we disseminate information and this is really important i mean you've gone to all the effort you've you've gathered data you've you've processed the data you've analyzed the data um you you know you've written the the analysis and the report where do we send it what do we do with it well obviously it's that you know you have a chain of command you have um you know those that have requested the intelligence so that's obviously with them Um, But, you know, there are other ways and other things that people do um, in terms of uh, passing around information and so forth. And here's just a few things that I've sort of picked up away. And this is all what they put in the realm as intelligence dissemination management. And what that means is, is the way that they organize the dissemination of finished intelligence, their final um, intelligence product. Now, in the US, they have a um, Intelpedia which um, uh, intelligence agencies used. Uh, they put um, briefs and reports and so forth there, providing that they're unclassified but and, and only used for official use. Some organizations in the US aren't overly happy with this type of approach, um, but that's one way that, that information is, is disseminated. Uh, we can't forget uh, fusion centers, um, and we have talked about the ways that these fusion centers um, operate and that they gather intelligence from all sorts of agencies, they bring it together um, and redistribute the the final product reports through those. Um, There's the um, Orcon um, approach as well, um, where this is where those who actually uh, wrote the information control on who's it being sent to and so forth. Mostly that's you know, originally around in, in, in IT science and things, but it just, it's just another, I guess, um, approach that people use to deciding and controlling the um, dissemination of, of information. Two things I want to point out here, and we probably most of you probably know this. Um, there is, In terms of deciding on dissemination, there's also the old need to know. Now, need to know goes way back. And it's essentially um, a question, well, you know, who needs to know a particular piece of information in order to function or will take, a, uh, take a take a role. Um, and so even if you've got uh, top secret clearance, for example, doesn't necessarily mean you're allowed to go and see everything that's top secret. Um, you're only shown those documents and those bits of information that's pertinent to your own work. So that becomes that need to know. Um, and it's still, you know, it, it's an old but still very much a used um, uh, approach to disseminating information. So you're only giving it to those that need it and need it for their, for their, for their work and so forth. There's another one called right to know, not quite as well known, uh, but this one's well. Uh, if there's legal precedent that allows a particular person or body um, to actually know that particular information. And so you can be mindful of that in regards to the dissemination of information as well. But look, I think for the most um, for the most part, um, dissemination really um, is really uh, dependent on what what agency you're with, um, uh, what organisation you're with, and really each of them have their own rules and regulations about the dissemination of reports and so forth. And so this here, what I'm telling you, isn't really a hard and fast rule. It, it's more of an opportunity for me just to highlight, you know, what a few people do, and just to get you in mindfulness. Mm-hmm. The point about it, though, is, is that information needs to get to the right people. Um, I think I've spoken before, you know, the problems with um, uh, well, the the nine eleven report inquiry that, that found, you know, the problem was was sharing a lot of intelligence information and the inability to, for people agencies to cooperate, um, and so dissemination be, plays a role. In ensuring that that cooperation um, can take place, um, so uh, more things to consider. Finally, um, I want to talk a little bit about um, reporting, and like I say, you know, um, there's a lot more we can do on stylizing reports and so forth, and we will we will go into those um, outside of these sort of set topics. Um, but for the moment, I think. Um, we also need to know that again, different agencies um, are going to, and organisations are going to have a different process. Um, so we just need. To, there's no point in obviously showing you, you know, everyone's processes. Um, but I can make these four points, and also we'll look at some templates that are in the um, that are in the text, and they'll help you heaps. They'll give you a really good insight into how to construct a good report. Um, But for us, in terms of written reports, um, it's a formative process. So you allow yourself to redraft. uh, You try and get the analysis as right as possible, because that's what's ultimately really important. And to do that, we can seek feedback and advice from our colleagues as well. We can share that and discuss it uh, with appropriate colleagues and and get their understanding and their take of what it is that you're putting together. Finally, it's really important um, that it's error free. Nothing distracts a reader more than a a, a sentence that's not constructed right um, or or full of spelling errors. Um, It it tends to throw you off the content. And what you want to do with a report or any piece of writing for that matter is engage the reader. So if the reader is thrown off by a a sentence that doesn't quite make sense or or too much, too many spelling errors, um, it becomes a problem. And finally, I guess you need to think of your your intelligence reports in the same way you do, I guess, your your university studies in that your research and its findings have to stand up to peer review. So what your findings say have to be uh, go through the rigor of of your intelligence peers as well as you would if you're um, writing an academic article or something. Um, And so there are a uh, a few of the points that I wanted to bring up. Um, about, about reporting, but as I said, there's a lot more to say. And I think there's even, um, we'll look at doing um, verbal briefings and, and other forms of briefings as well, but we'll might do that in um, through the Interact site and um, through some tut- on you know, evening tutorials or something. So um, that provides a, uh, a bit of an overview of, of evaluation and, re- and reporting. Um, I've got two readings here. Um, that that um, are, worth, are worth having a look at and as I've already said go and have a look at the text as well um, and as always we've got some additional study questions that I hope will help you um, formulate um, your ideas and, and help you um, understand things a little bit better so work through those and as you know they're not accessible um, and on that note, I'll, um, I'll conclude this um, presentation on, on topic uh, 10. And um, as always, if you've got questions or comments, please pass them through. Thank you.